Hi, this is episode number 30 of Highlighting the Best of Youth Sports, brought to you by Numbers Don't Lie Productions. Today we have a very special guest from one of the greatest professional sports franchises of all time. Lauren Johnson works with the most elite baseball players in the world as the mental conditioning coordinator for the New York Yankees. It was amazing to hear her advice and strategies for athletes to build their threshold for adversity, discomfort, and how to develop their mental strength. She did an amazing job relating it to youth athletes as well. You'll find some great value in this episode, guaranteed. Just a few quick things before we get into this episode. Please subscribe and help us reach more people by leaving a rating and review on your favorite podcast platform of choice. If you'd like to learn more about the services offered by Numbers Don't Lie and how to highlight your athlete's special skills, be sure to visit numbersdontlie.biz. Highlighting the best of youth sports is proudly presented by our national partner, ID Life. ID Life is a health and wellness company that is changing the game with its customized nutrition. Everyone has unique nutritional needs and ID Life's mission is to offer the highest quality products and programs to help you lead a healthier life. What separates ID Life from other nutritional brands is its 100% free ID assessment. This assessment is tailored to your unique health needs. The answers you provide generate a confidential report with scientifically backed supplement recommendations, creating your own customized vitamin program. Just visit the website at numbersdontlie.idlife.com and take the free assessment today. Now let's get into this fantastic episode with Lauren Johnson of the New York Yankees. Welcome to Highlighting the Best of Youth Sports, where we bring you insights from top athletes, their sports journey, and those positively impacting the youth sports community. If you're ready like we are, let's go. Welcome, everyone. Today, we are honored to have someone with us today from the New York Yankees organization, uh, one of, if not the most successful franchises in all of sports. Lauren Johnson is the mental conditioning coordinator for the Yankees, and her Instagram bio simply states that she helps athletes develop elite mindsets. Lauren, welcome to Highlighting the Best of You Sports. How are you? I'm great. Thanks so much for having me. Absolutely. Uh, Lauren, let's start with you taking a few moments to tell us a little bit about yourself and your sports background. Yeah, so I grew up in Southern California, and um, i played a lot of different sports kind of starting out. And then I really zeroed in on soccer very quickly. So I played soccer all through high school, played club and um, for my high school team, and then went on to play at the University of San Francisco for um, a season. And then I transferred down to Point Loma Nazarene University and finished off my soccer career there. Lauren, what exactly is a mental conditioning coordinator and how did you land that position with the New York Yankees? Yeah, so what we do is we get to teach, I teach athletes how to develop elite mindsets. And the way that we kind of define that at the Yankees is mental toughness is being your best regardless of circumstance. And so that's what we do with our athletes. We work with them on all things pertaining mindset. So that's stuff ranging from focus to confidence to routines and kind of, you know, everything in between. What we don't do is we are not clinical psychologists. So we don't work on the clinical side of things. So we don't work with any disorders. And so um, if that does happen or we do see something clinical arise, we do uh, refer out to something like that. But we get to work on all the things that kind of impact our performance on and off the field. And what's your background 
as far as education goes that that enabled you to get this position with the with the Yankees? So I got my undergrad um, in kinesiology and I minored in psychology. I originally wanted to be a physical therapist until I realized um, I wasn't a huge fan of that, uh, the, the medical anatomical side of things. Um, and I wasn't very good at it either. But then I realized, wow, I loved my connection with my client. And so that's what kind of led me into this uh, field of sports psychology um, a little bit more. And so I got my master's degree in um, performance psychology, which is just a broader term for sports psychology. So we were educated not just only on sports, but high performance or um, high-risk occupations such as firefighting, police work, military, and then also like surgeons and um, and performing arts like dancers and singers and actors and actresses. Okay, perfect. Lauren, in our pre-interview questionnaire, you mentioned that youth athletes have a small threshold for adversity and discomfort. Can you speak a little bit about that? Yeah, it's one of the, when people ask me, you know, what are some things that you see that could be developed in our youth? And that was one thing that I think um, is definitely, we can do a better job of putting them in situations that are maybe uncomfortable and slightly outside of their comfort zone, but um, are, we know are good for them. They're beneficial. And so for instance, um, you know, if we, if, if you're an, if you're a parent, one of the best parenting advice, like pieces of advice I can give you is let your kid fail. Let them fail. There are so often I get to see it on the other end that if we draft somebody that was, has never failed before and they get into our system, it is a tough challenge to face. And so what I say early on is let them learn, teach them to learn from their failures, not avoid them, not run from them, but when they happen, teach them to learn from it. Because the better we are at learning and extracting information from our failures, the less we fear them. And right there, that threshold for discomfort, discomfort is actually an, it, it's growth in disguise. And so I know for a lot of us, we feel that and it's our survival mechanism. It's our survival instinct. And it goes, whoa, wait a second. I need to run. I need to alleviate this pain immediately. But all that is, is it's distracting you from what's actually helping you grow. And so if early on we can teach um, our youth or even you don't need to be taught. If there's anybody listening to this that wants to get better at learning from failure, then there's three questions that you can ask yourself on a daily basis. One, what did I do well today? What are some things that happened that went well? Make sure that you're not only looking for the negative, but you're also flexing your optimistic muscle. Two, what can I do better? Because all athletes know that no matter what, they're always a work in progress. The quickest way to set yourself back is to believe you're a finished product. And so always looking for a way to improve. And then what did I learn from this? We cannot underestimate the value of a well-learned principle. And so don't, don't look over these little things because often the little things add up to these big moments and these big learning opportunities. And so make sure that you can write down something, even if it's a one word thing, what is something that you learn that day? And so as you kind of journal those things every day, we begin to kind of cultivate this mindset, this growth mindset that it's not necessarily that we shouldn't fail, but what can we learn from our failures that will help move us forward? That's some great advice. And thank you so much for sharing that. And definitely our audience and parents and coaches and uh, athletes as well can learn a lot from that. And that, that's awesome. Thank you so much for sharing that. How did participating uh, in youth sports for you uh, help shape who you are today? I mean, I think it was the foundation of everything because sports is really a microcosm of life. If you look at sports, 
you are taught things that you face in life. And so I felt like after my sporting career was over that I was so much more prepared for certain things. Now I can't speak for somebody that doesn't play sports. I'm sure there are many other, there are many other ways to do this, but I know in my experience, I can speak to that. And I learned how to work with teams, work within a team. I learned that I learned how to be a leader within a team. I also learned when it was important to follow on a team. I also learned how to, how to get back up. I learned how to come back from struggle. I learned um, how to communicate effectively. I learned what it meant to earn a position. My freshman year of college, I didn't even play the first like five to six games. I was a starter, never came out of the game in every one of my club games leading up to college. And I didn't even play a moment the first six games. And so you learn how to earn a position that not everything is given, but you have to go out there and get it. And it also taught me how to work with tough personalities. It also taught me how to work with awesome personalities. And so I think the things that can, teams can teach you are things that you are, you can use and, um, and utilize time and time again throughout the rest of your life, whether that's a job or interpersonal relationships or anything outside of that. Sports teaches us a lot about our character and it helps build uh, who we are. What, are. what is one of the biggest or, or most common mental challenges that you see in your profession uh, amongst professional athletes? I think there's two that come to mind because they both kind of interact with each other. The first one is, I, one of the things that I believe is when we look at mental toughness, if we boil it all the way down, mental toughness is surrendering to the things you can't control in the moment that you're in because we have no we can't change what happened in the past we can stress about it we can think about it but we actually can't change it we can't act in the future we can envision it we can go towards that direction it can help lead us but we can't actually act in the future we can only act right now and often the things that gets in the way of us acting right now is things that are outside of our control they distract us from what we can control in the moment. And so sometimes that is, you know, maybe you don't get the playing time that you think you deserve. Well, if we're so focused on not getting the playing time that we deserve, we become pretty much overwhelmed and we're giving up our control because we're focused on something that we can't. But in that moment, you can't control whether or not you get playing time, but you can control what you produce during practice to show that you have earned that playing time. And so there was, that's, I'd say, I'd say controlling what you can control and defining that starts or being able to control what you can control starts by defining it. So one of the things that you can do is pull out a piece of paper, draw a big circle on the piece of paper and in the circle, write all the things that are within your control and outside of the circle, write all the things that you can't. And that will serve as a reminder to really focus on the things within that circle and let go of the rest. And then I think number two is being present. Like I was saying earlier, our mind is the only thing that can exist in the past, present, and future. And when our brain is too far think tripping over our past or too far trying to predict the future or thinking about the what ifs, it immediately affects our ability to be and act in the present moment. And so one of the things that you can do is if you're, you know, maybe you're taking a PK or you're um, going up against a hitter that took you yard last time, or, you know, you're just coming back from a from a mistake, one of the things that we can do to anchor ourselves back in the present moment when you find your brain too far in the, in the past or too far in the future is name all five senses, something that you can hear, something that you can see, something that you can feel, smell, and taste. 
those things you can only experience in the moment that you're in. And so after you identify those things, then pick one thing to focus on and execute. Lauren, uh, who inspired you as an athlete or who inspires you today in your career? As an athlete growing up, it was definitely Mia Hamm. Um, she was Mia Hamm and Carly Lloyd, or I'm sorry, not Carly Lloyd, although yes, Carly Lloyd is an inspiration to me too, but, um, um, Julie Foudy, that's who I meant to say. Um, those two really inspired me growing up. Um, that's where I got my two favorite numbers, nine and 11. And, um, I think just the women's, the women's national team in the nineties, I mean, watching them win, that was probably one of the coolest moments. And I was very young at the time. Um, and I think also because she kind of broke this barrier of being this incredible female athlete that just rocked the world of athletics. And so I absolutely loved her. And I think honestly, now the person who inspires me, and it's so funny and I, um, because it's not, it's not an athlete. It's not, um, you know, a mentor, even though I have plenty of those that are, I'm inspired by, but I think the person I'm most inspired by is my mom, because growing up, I watched that woman overcome adversity time and time again, sacrifice, not complain about it once because she said, I remember there, my mom didn't get to come to a lot of my games when I was younger, single mom playing both roles at home. And so she would work weekends so she could pay for my club soccer and my brother's hockey. And I remember one time I said, mom, like, you know, I'd really like to, for you to be at my game, but I, I understand you. I under, understand why you can't, but um, do you ever get sad that you can't come? And she said, of course I do. And I said, do you ever get sad that you have to work so much? And she said, no, I don't. She said, because I signed up for that job. And the moment I signed up for the job was the moment that I decided that I, I signed up for all that comes with it. And that includes the sacrifice. That includes everything else. And she said, I wish I could be there. I'd take it all away if I could do that for you. But she said, I know how important this is to you. And she goes, trust me, one day I'll be there. And so to me, that woman is like the epitome of falling down, getting back up. And she encouraged me my entire life. She was always real with me. And she said, Lauren, life is a cycle of light and dark. You can't go around it. You have to go through it. And on the other side is some really good stuff. So she always encouraged me to not run from things, but to really lean into it. Yeah, she sounds like an amazing woman. And uh, thank you for sharing that uh, about her as well. Lauren, what does the phrase trust the process mean to you and the athletes that you work with? Oh, it's a great phrase. <laughs> um, <laughs> trusting the process is doing the daily things that move the needle forward towards your goal doing the things that you can do that are within your control and trusting that when you do those things day in and day out, that they are going to provide the results that you are looking for. Now, the reason why the process is so important to me is because the process is the thing that actually gets people to the next level. A lot of people think that what gets you to the next level is success, but what really gets you to the next level is falling down and getting back up. It's, going out there and trying, sometimes failing. It's putting yourself out there. It's taking risk. It's trying new things. It's leaning into discomfort. It's the struggle. That is what takes you to the next level. And so often people are unwilling to do what, need, what takes you to the next level because they do, not lean from they do not lean into discomfort. They try and avoid it and they run from it. And so the process, I think a lot of people think is some big grandiose act. 
it's, oh, well, today I have to work out for five hours and I have to eat perfect and I have to do this, but really that's not what it looks like. It looks like these small incremental steps that when strung together add up to this big thing. It's the same as how do you run a marathon? One step at a time. How do you write a book? One word at a time. And so this is exactly what it is. How do you get where you want to go? One day, one act, one small moment where you're choosing to move the needle forward. And that adds up into that bigger goal. So to me, the process is doing what you can do within your control on a daily basis. Yeah. And that's amazing information and amazing insight from you because you see it every day on the highest level, uh, you know, from these professional athletes. Lauren, what has the Yankees organization been doing for athletes and their mental conditioning uh, during this pandemic? Because we're in a whole new world and we have been and they're going to be going into a 60 game season, uh, just completely different world than they're used to. And uh, off of their game, you know, for lack of a better phrase. Uh, but what is the Yankees organization and, and you and your capacity doing for those athletes right now? Well, I have to tell you, I do not act alone. So I am one, I'm a very small piece of the puzzle. Uh, my director is Chad Bowling. My associate director is uh, Chris Passarella. And then my, my coworker, Hector, he is Hector Gonzalez. And then myself and Noel and David Schnabel. There's a huge team of us. Yeah. And so it's certainly not me. It's a huge group effort. And I'm a very, very small piece of that puzzle. And we've gone virtual. So we are leaning into what this time calls for. Right now, it's uncomfortable. Do I like doing my group sessions or doing meetings or everything virtually via phone calls, texts, videos? No, it's not my favorite, but it's what you have to do right now. We don't really have a choice. And so we have completely leaned into this virtual world and we're transitioning into, um, I mean, it's part of a transition the entire time because we're every day we're transitioning in a yep. different way. Yep. Um, but we're just taking sessions and we're doing everything virtual that we would have normally done. So that includes group sessions and individual sessions and kind of everything in between. Okay. And is it, is it the same type of uh, practices, sessions, interviews? Uh, um, you know, I, I don't know all of the inner workings that you guys do, but is it very similar just on a virtual level? Correct. Yeah. Okay. We're pretty much, which is awesome. We're one of the things that we, we get to do is, I mean, our job is, is what we're doing right now. It's, right. It's a right. conversation. And so everything that we do for our athletes, we can do virtually. Is it what we'd want? No. But can we do it? Heck yeah. And our players are awesome. They're resilient. And I mean, they're, they're made for this pandemic. They know how to work through difficult times. And for them, they have been able to adjust and adapt to this entire thing. Great. Now, for a, a young athlete, a youth athlete, maybe a high school athlete, um, they're going through this this pandemic and shut down and away from their sports as well. And they, um, it's pretty obvious that they want to keep up with their physical conditioning, but is there one thing you could maybe give advice to a young athlete of how they might be able to stay, uh, mentally conditioned, mentally fit, uh, with their sports during this time? Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of things that you can do, but I think the, some of the things that are really important right now, and you'll hear it a lot because it's, it's really the foundation of mental skills in a time like this is um, there's three things is number one, don't estimate your, don't underestimate your ability to improve at this time. You may not be able to practice the way you want to. You may not be able to go play in the events that you want, but don't think that you can't improve because you don't have the circumstances that you desire. Just don't let your circumstances dictate what you do. 
And that's right there. That's what mental toughness is, is okay. These are my set of circumstances. It may not look the same. So you may say this would have been success if I had all the right circumstances. Success may have to be adjusted. It might be doing an hour Zoom workout for the day. That might be success for you. So I'd say, number one, redefine success. So redefine what success looks like in this pandemic. And that's going to look a little bit different than it would normally. Number two, look for the things that you're grateful for. Again, flexing that optimistic muscle is so important. The earlier you can learn this, even adults are just learning this. If you are a young athlete listening right now, practice the attitude of gratitude. Write down one to three things a day that you're grateful for. It can be a one word answer. It could be many, could be a few, but when you start to change the lens you're looking through, you'll be amazed at the things that you find. Because instead of looking at a situation as, okay, because I know athletes listening to this, they, they, they do this. They have a great game and it's one mistake they focus on afterwards. They have a great practice and they made, they, they made a mistake. It caused somebody to score or caused somebody to, um, to, I don't know, shoot or whatever it is. And that's what they focus on. And so start by kind of changing your lens and increasing that optimistic muscle by, uh, by exercising it every day and finding things that you're grateful for. And number three is don't forget or remind yourself what you can control because the thing about control is it's fleeting, right? When we feel like we've got it, we're like, okay, good. The second we feel overwhelmed, the first thing that goes is our sense of control. And so continuously remind yourself, what are those things that I can do? Because it's really easy for us to focus on we can't on what we can't. And uh, there was this great uh, quote by Ben Horowitz, and I I might not get it exactly right, but he's a really really impressive businessman, billionaire, um, incredible. And he it's from his book, The Hard Thing About Hard Things, and he says, "Don't spend any more time focusing on what you can't do, and focus every last breath on this make that one seemingly impossible way out of your current mess." Stop wasting your time on what you can't do and focus on what you can. And so I'd say that would be my last one. Okay, great. Uh, Lauren, uh, the name of our company has deep meaning for athletes. Uh, the name of the company's numbers don't lie. Um, can you tell us what that phrase numbers don't lie means to you or means in sports in general? Well, I would like to know what the definition, definition is for you guys. I mean, that to me is interesting because I'm, I'm not quite sure I know this. Uh, it's just, it's a catch-all. It's a, it's a popular phrase in sports and it's, you know, getting your reps in the numbers don't lie. It also goes to your statistics. You can look at your statistics and it tells you, do you need to improve? Uh, or are you going to be satisfied with those numbers? It's setting goals. So, uh, th the phrase just numbers don't lie has always been, um, uh, fun to us and part of sports. So, you know, I grew up in sports and coaching and playing and that phrase. And then it just, uh, it, we made it part of our company and our company's actually the, the core of it is uh, sports highlight videos. Uh, but, but the, uh, the name numbers don't lie. It just had a, a connection to sports that, that we love and, and we always connect to. You know, I, after you started talking about like kind of what that meant to you and thanks for, thanks for that. Um, Absolutely. A, a, a quote just like popped in my head from Eric Thomas and he said, or maybe it wasn't Eric Thomas. It was Inky Johnson. That's who it was. Both incredible people, by the way, if you don't know who they are, go look them up. Um, Inky Johnson said, hard work is undefeated because if you show up and you did the work, you'll know. 
we'll see it. If you show up and you haven't done the work, we'll see it. And so it's, it can't be a light switch. Okay. You can't like mental toughness. You can't turn on and off. It's something that you have to train and practice every single day. And so I think after like listening to you a little bit and then having that phrase pop up in my head, that's what I think that means is that you can't cheat the system. You can't skip the struggle. If you want to be great, if you wanted, if you want to, you sign up for something really incredibly tough to do. If you sign up for these incredible goals, you sign up for all that comes with it. And that includes putting in the work on a daily basis. Perfect. Uh, one question we like to uh, ask everybody, uh, especially those that work with athletes or, or professionals in, in uh, the sports world is, uh, how can young athletes best utilize social media in their sports journey? Yeah, so uh, this is a great question. I actually have a couple clients that I work with, um, and they utilize it as a um, like an accountability partner, essentially, because if they say they're going to do something, they use social media as a means to prove that they do it. Mm. Um, so that's I think that's one way. But I also think I want athletes to think of it as their personal brand. What you put on social media doesn't just go away (laughs) and we're seeing it now because the generation, my generation, when I, you know, was getting in high school and all that, that's when Facebook came out. We are now seeing how, if you're not careful with what you put out there, it will come back to you. It doesn't matter if your privacy settings are on there. It doesn't matter if you think that you wipe it all clean. There are people much smarter than all of us that are dedicated to finding that stuff. And so I'd say number one, if you are, if you have a question whether or not you should put it on social media, don't. <laughs> like, I know I sound like a parent and I heard it growing up, but I'm telling you the reason why I see that now is because we have professional athletes that people try and exploit. Yep. And so we are now having to do, you know, we're, we have to do back work if that happens and not just our athletes, any athlete. And so remember that it is what you represent. If I am looking, if, if our team is looking to hire somebody, we go directly to social media. And if you have something there you're not proud of, oh, trust me, we're going to see it. And so make sure what you're putting out there, you would be so proud of to show the person that you look up to the most. Like think about, you know, for me and Mia Ham, you know, Carly Lloyd and, you know, and Julie Foudy, those people, if I wouldn't be proud to show them what's on my social media, I wouldn't put it on there. And so that's a one way. One, another thing to think about is that this is also your brand. That's, that's great advice. And, and I have three young kids myself, my son, my oldest son is going into high school and we're, we're transitioning into there. I'm very, very weary of getting into social media with him, but uh, it's great advice and it's something we always ask. And we know um, the, the parents that listen to this podcast, as well as the athletes, it's, it's the same uh, recommendation from everyone we talk to is just be careful at your personal brand. Um, and Whoever you wouldn't want to see, you know, if there's someone you admire and you, you wouldn't put it on there if you don't want them to see it. So it's great advice. So thank you for that. Mm-hmm. So we're going to transition. These are our final rapid fire questions. So we're almost done. Um, so I'm going to get started if, if you're ready. I'm ready. Okay. What's the best piece of leadership advice you've ever received? The best type of leadership is servant leadership. Find who you can serve on a daily basis. 
if you had to give one single piece of advice to a young athlete on how they could build their confidence and mental toughness, what would it be? Make a list of all the things that you fear the most, but know are good for you. Circle one and go after it. Who's your favorite athlete and why? I think right now it's because it's the person that just keeps popping in my head is Kobe Bryant. Um, Kobe Bryant is the epitome of mental toughness. And I think why is because he never thought he deserved anything. He put in the work and earned everything. Who's your favorite coach and why? I think one of my favorite coaches, and this is, this is not a famous coach. This is my, one of my coaches. And I think this is why I I like him so much. Um, Coach Tim Hall, he was my college soccer coach. And I loved him so much because he didn't just care, but he cared about the sport and he cared about, us being our best but he cared about us as people first and foremost and when he held that at the very top um, that was number one priority for him everything else came so easily and he he invested in us every single day so that I would say I would say him and I think every other coach that I like that is a professional coach and coaches at that level has that same strategy okay Lauren where can people follow you and find out more uh, about what you do with the Yankees and your profession Awesome. You can find me on Twitter at underscore Lauren Johnson underscore. And you can find me on Instagram at Lauren Nicole Johnson. Okay, perfect. And we'll put all of that in the show notes. And I want to thank you again so much uh, for taking the time to do this interview and and be part of highlighting the best of youth sports. Uh, You did great and a lot of uh, wisdom to pass on to our audience. And I'm, I'm very thankful to you. Oh, well, I'm, thank you so much for having me. And um, if anybody has questions, man, connect with me, DM me. I love getting messages and helping as much as I can, because let me tell you, like the youth, you guys are the next generation. So let's, let's make it a good one. We hope you enjoyed this episode of highlighting the best of youth sports. Be sure and subscribe and please help us reach more people by leaving a rating and review on your favorite podcast platform of choice. If you or someone you know are interested in learning more about Numbers Don't Lie and what we do, what programs and services we offer for athletes, and how to get your athlete involved, be sure to visit numbersdontlie.biz. Until our next episode, go out and win the day and never miss your opportunity to be great. Thanks for listening to Highlighting the Best of You Sports. <laughs>